Welcome to the Start Something Show. Join world-renowned experts, change agents, and everyday folks who have done the amazing. All here to help you start something incredible. Now it's time to step out, live your perfect day, and create a legacy with your host, Tina Dietz. Hello, Superstarters. Welcome to the Backstage Pass. This is Tina Dietz, and today with me is the fabulous Lisa Mannion, who is the business marketing architect and the creator of the new marketing and copywriting model for success, which is a simple three-step challenge, solution, invitation formula to create marketing messages with integrity. If you haven't listened to Lisa's show on the Start Something show, I highly recommend you do. It is chock full of resources, and we are going to be jumping off from all the things we talked about on the show into the backstage pass today. Lisa, thank you for joining me again. Thanks for having me. I am always love talking with you. We always have such a good time. We do. We could do this all day long. <laughs> I know. I know. It's like start at the beginning of the day and by the end of the day, we'll have taken over the world. So, you know, world domination and three easy steps. We could probably like write some marketing copy around that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I want to get into your formula, but before we dive into that, I actually want to back up a couple of steps because I get a lot of questions from the folks who are small business owners, practitioners who are expanding their businesses, expanding their practices, and they want to become better known. They want to become the go-to people in their community or in their industry, but they have these concerns that either they don't know what to write or they're concerned that their writing will be received badly because they're not professionally trained writers. So what advice can you give folks in that situation? Well, I think, first of all, fear of writing is common and it's easily overcome because if we just look at it in these very simple terms, and that is if you can talk, you can write. So really you're having a conversation on paper, on the keyboard, whatever it might be, and sharing what is in your heart strategically. So most of the time when people are are stressed out about writing, they're afraid they're going to make a grammatical error or they're afraid that they're going to say something wrong. And when you are really passionate about your mission, you know what your message is, you know what you want to do in the world, it makes it much easier to speak and to write freely about your business. Would you have any thoughts on an exercise or something that people could do to kind of point themselves in that direction? I was like, well, I'm a massage therapist or I'm a chiropractor or I'm a real estate agent and I I am what I do, which you and I know is not necessarily true. They're bringing themselves to it, which is unique. Well, and that is, that's good. However, what I always recommend and what I want everyone who's in business to understand is that it's not about you. It's always about your client and the end result. And so when you can easily speak to your ideal client by sharing what I call value proposition, which is really just case studies in simple terms, and let people know how their life will be better with whatever it is that you're offering, you're going to build trust and relationships just in doing that. And oftentimes where people get stuck is they feel like they have to talk about themselves. So I'll use a website, for example. When when you're putting together your website, oftentimes people make the big mistake of on their homepage talking about 
all about them as opposed to how their product or their service or their offering is going to transform the end user. So we have to kind of take the ego out of it a little bit. And while there's certain areas on the website that should be all about the business owner or the entrepreneur, such as the about page or the bio page or all of that, the rest of the content should be written as if you were writing to one person, that ideal client. So when I land on your your website or I look at your brochure or I hear an advertisement that you've placed on the radio or on television, however you decide to market or advertise, I feel as if you're speaking directly to me. So that's why it becomes so important to define the avatar, the ideal client that you want to work with as though they were a person. Exactly, because they are a person and people are people, not numbers, which is something else that I like to jump up on my soapbox about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We, you know, it's not just about the demographics and it's not just about the income brackets. It's not all that. You really need to flat, you know, I would say pretend you're a, an FBI profiler, you know, really flesh out who this person is so that you can you can speak directly to them. But, you know, I'm talking that's most of the time about speaking. You're talking about doing that in writing to one person, not like you're standing on a stage broadcasting to an audience. Exactly. However, you can use the same technique. Really, you can. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're speaking to the audience, each audience member should feel as though you're speaking to them. So true. So true. Uh, now, do you, as a as a professional writer, as a professional copywriter, have a writing routine of your own or a writing habit? Well, I'd like to say yes, but not really. I'll tell you some things that I do. I have systems in place for any project that I'm doing for my clients. So I've created processes where I gather all the information necessary. And when I'm working on a client project, you know, definitely I review all the information. We jump on the phone. I assess where we are and make sure we're on the same page. And then I write the first draft. And when I'm writing drafts, I'll often do it in chunks and I'll set a timer for a specific period of time. There's that piece for the professional writing part of it. And then personally, I do a lot of journaling, which is sort of a a ritual. I mean, I have a journal for my success journal where I write down wins, such as being featured on a radio show or a magazine or whatever it might be, or getting a speaking gig. And then I have my journal of gratitude, which is really just basking in the simple things in life and remembering to extend gratitude for everything. And I have a free form journal, which I use for just clearing my head. If something's weighing on my mind or I want to map something out and set intentions, I do that in another journal. And I just find that taking pen to paper is very helpful when you're first mapping something out because there's just this connection that helps anchor in those ideas. Yes. And there's a, some quite a few neurological processes at play there when you're writing, handwriting something as opposed to typing that are activated. It activates more spots in your brain at one time. Exactly. And when it comes to goal setting, it's proven that written goals are achieved more quickly. So amen to that. Yeah. (laughs) No kidding. Now, your challenge solution invitation formula is a solution in and of itself, as opposed to the old school copywriting tactics that really poke at people's pain points or manipulate emotions. Why don't you kind of let's talk about your your formula and how it works? Absolutely. So I created this formula as an alternative approach to what I call the antiquated problem agitate and solve approach because I just not feeling good about 
poking at people's pain points to manipulate the sale. And many, many other people had come to me saying that same thing. And I knew there needed to be a better way. And I also knew that people have a challenge with writing their marketing message. I believe that that in part is because the only other formula that had been taught until I introduced the challenge, solution, and invitation formula is the broken problem, agitate, and solve formula, which if something's broken and you're trying to build the foundation of your message on it and it doesn't resonate with you, it's probably not going to resonate with your ideal client. So I looked at all of this and realized that you know, I hadn't named the formula. I didn't actually name the formula until 2011, I believe, but I had been implementing it all along with my clients. And what would happen is they'd come to me and say, oh my gosh, what we've been doing isn't working. We've got the pain points all lined out and our clients are not buying. And so I would say, well, does that feel good to you? Do you want someone poking at your pain points? And do you respond to that yourself? And they'd think, hmm, no, I guess not. So I said, let's Mm -hmm. back up and let's focus on the solution. You know, what is your most powerful solution? And how can we reverse engineer that from a place of true service into a profitable revenue stream? So I named the formula challenge, solution, and invitation when I was writing a feature article for a magazine I was featured on the cover of, and they wanted to know my story. And so I started talking about how I'd been very drawn to the written word from the time I was very young, writing bad poetry, starting a school newspaper in fourth grade on a mimeograph machine. And, and, <laughs> oh, I remember those. <laughs> right. I can smell it. Isn't yes. that great? So the list yeah. goes on. And what I realized is, oh my gosh, I haven't named this. And what I'd been doing all along is simply executing deep listening skills and acknowledging the challenge of my ideal clients. And actually, in this case, the challenge was they weren't able to craft their marketing messages because they were totally turned off by the formulas that were available to them. So I listened and thought, okay, great. Well, that's not working for you. So let's focus on the challenge instead. You know, like, what is this challenge? Why is that bothering you? And then let's come up with a solution. And so the solution for me was to create this formula that's really actually a framework. So that's something I want to point out. It's not a paint by numbers or a cookie cutter formula, so to speak. It's more of a framework to break the trance, challenge the status quo, and engage critical thinking by really seriously focusing on solutions first. So we acknowledge the challenge. And then we offer a solution from a place of true service. So it's not just based on making a sale. And I emphasize that because we want to make sure that whomever we're interacting with is getting the right solution for them and it might not be us. So it could be that someone's just starting out and comes to me and needs some of this foundational work and I say, oh my gosh, you need to be playing with Tina Dietz from Start Something. I mean, seriously, that's where you need to be. And I simply, from a place of service, connect and collaborate and get you two together so that the right solution is offered. And then finally, instead of doing, you know, any kind of a hard sell close to people, I just extend a very friendly invitation, which empowers people to make the choice to do business with me or not. And the choice is theirs. And there's no scarcity or negativity or pressure tactics applied because that just energetically throws everything off. Okay, thank you. That really makes things absolutely crystal, crystal clear. Now let's take this into, because we're talking about writing copy, 
people tend to get things kind of nuts up. Like, you know, you're building a website and your website designer says, send me the copy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I see business owners, even myself, you know, this is not my favorite thing either. It's kind of like, what should I say? So when somebody is building a website, is there a spot that you would recommend that people start? Yeah. And it's not even with the content, it's with the strategy. So here's the piece that people miss most often. And it's making sure you have a very clear strategy. Yes, having a website is sort of a strategy in itself, but creating your website is a full on project and you have to have a project strategy. So I recommend looking at the overall strategy of your website and what you want it to do for you. So basically you want it to probably position you as an expert and educate your ideal clients about your product or service. And I'm sure convert, that would be good because we want to profit from our passion. So you want to make sure that you have that all encompassing strategy, but then look at each individual page from the perspective of it needing its own strategy. So your homepage should have a very specific strategy. If you have a page for speaking, it should have a very specific strategy. And you should always acknowledge the challenge that people might be having, offer your solution and extend an invitation on every page. So for example, often on speaking pages, I see people putting together their keynote topics and it looks really lovely and then it just stops. And I'm like, well, what if I wanted to hire them? What do I do? There's no information or or invitation. So I think people get so overwhelmed with the creation of the content that they forget the strategy piece. And if you use the challenge solution and invitation framework within your strategy, you're going to be able to create content with grace and ease. Let's bounce off of that and talk about leveraging writing. Uh, and, and I'm going to use the blog as a specific because everyone says, oh, you got to have a blog, you got to have a blog, you got to have a blog. But each blog post, from what you're saying, should probably do the same thing, challenge, solution, invitation. Yes, uh, absolutely. If it is a business, if it is for business, if you're doing a, you know, a personal journal and you're not running a business, that's one thing. But if you are blogging for a business, that's going to be something else. So that's people need to make sure that they're using that on their blogs as well, which, Yes. Yes, absolutely. And even if someone's doing a personal blog, they may be doing that to get credibility to eventually land paid journalist gigs or journalism gigs or feature article gigs. So they want to make sure that they're positioning themselves in that way, right? So even if someone's doing a blog for, you know, writing personal essays, they could have an opportunity to move into paid arenas that accept written personal essays and things like that. So I think you have to think about the strategy all of the time, no matter what you're doing. And I I really repeat that multiple times because I want that to stick for people. If you don't have a strategy, then what you're doing is not going to be as effective as it could be. So for on my blog, for example, I usually have an invitation within my post to become a member of the Write On Creative Community and get the free copywriting action plan. Or I may also point people to another post that's relevant that also leads to, it could even be to a product and service depending on what that strategy is. So yes, incorporating the challenge, solution, and invitation formula in everything you do and making sure you have a clear strategy is important. And the other cool thing about the challenge, solution, and invitation approach is that you can use it in business negotiations and conversations, and it just really brings everything together 
to make sense because when we acknowledge the challenge, people feel seen, heard, and understood. We offer a solution that's actually relevant. Imagine that. And then we empower them with the choice to do business with us or to maybe choose to do business with someone who we have referred. It's a win-win for everyone. And this kind of goes back to what you said before, that it's really a framework for communication. It's a framework for problem solving. It really is. And, you know, it's interesting because people want cookie cutter and they want paint by numbers because that's what's been taught in the past. And what I say to people when they say, well, I need a very specific example of this. And we gave some some framework in the podcast and some examples. But what I say to them is engage your critical thinking. You know what the challenges are of your ideal client. I'm not going to just give you a fill in the blanks template. What I want you to do is use your brain, connect with who you're meant to connect with. And that is the beauty of doing business. Because if we're trying to put things on autopilot, we're not really deeply thinking about the connection. We're really not going to be as successful as we could be or to help create the transformation that's needed in the world. Yes, exactly. Because our most of us are in business to make a difference. And how can you make a difference if everything's on autopilot? You know, yes. it might make some of a difference, but it's, you know, not going to go as deep as, as we want it to go. Are there any ways that you would recommend that people can leverage their existing content, their existing blog posts or other content they might have? Absolutely. I am all about repurposing. So I think that it's highly important, to, again, depending on your strategy, to repurpose things. So we'll go back to the blog post as an example. Often what I like to do is once my blog post is published, share it on social media platforms and then create individual posts with the link that I can rotate in an evergreen fashion across social media platforms. So there's one way to repurpose. You can do article marketing. That's still very viable. You can also find different outlets that are beneficial to you to be a guest blogger for or to provide content for magazines. I do a lot of writing for magazines and oftentimes they allow you to repurpose your content or at least refresh it so it appears to be new content. So the thing that I think most people get overwhelmed by is all of the content that needs to be created. Now there's truth in that because we're always writing. That's a fact. There is all kinds of content that needs to be born, but you can leverage what you've already created and create new content from existing content without having to reinvent the wheel, so to speak. Yeah, leverage is one of my favorite words in in the whole wide world. And uh, I think that most people don't realize that they already have so much content that they can either create transcripts of, or they have articles that could another topic, a subtopic could be pulled out of, or any, any of those kinds of things. I was just thinking about one of my recent clients who is a particularly good writer, but new to, to being a coach and, and running workshops. And I connected her with a couple of magazines and, you know, it was a big leap for her to actually say, hey, I'm interested in writing for your magazine. And, you know, this is I noticed that you're doing this, this and this. And they were so thrilled with the content that she had because it was good content that they've asked her to be a monthly contributor to the magazine. I mean, and, and I don't think a lot of people would know that that is actually something you can do that. You can. you can reach out. You can actually reach out 
and do that, even if you're not somebody who has done it before. And it's a huge credibility builder. I mean, really huge. I've now been featured on the cover of three different digital magazines, and that has seriously increased credibility and visibility. It's beautiful. And well-deserved, I might add. Why, thank you. And I'm, I'm kind of still <laughs> humbled by it and, and, and excited. But, you know, what excites me more is the results that people are getting from from what I'm sharing and what I'm teaching. And I know in my heart of hearts that it's the right thing to do. And one of the things, you know, I've had people say to me, well, gosh, you're really going up against what everyone else has been teaching. Aren't you, aren't you worried about the backlash? Or, and I said, no, I haven't had any because I'm speaking my truth. And guess what? It's the truth of almost 100% of all the clients that come my way, I mean, it can almost say 100% because they're coming to me because they're turned off by the other approach and they want something different and new. And that's what this is. And it empowers them to use that critical thinking and to use it as a framework and to create what they're meant to create. And that's, that's the beauty of it and actually getting to get your message out to the world. Yeah, that's what we want. That's what we want for you, everyone. Take our advice, please, so you can do it. Mm. Now, for all of our uh, superstarters out there who are looking to get going and fulfill their goals and dreams, what are a couple of action steps that you would recommend that they can take this week? Well, I'm going to go back to writing our goals down. I think it's really important to write them down or revisit them if you have already done that. And I think one of the things to simplify is you might have big goals, Make sure you break those goals down into manageable projects that you can take action on right away. What I feel is a big bottleneck and I've seen as a big bottleneck, not only for myself, but clients as well. I'll, you know, I'll be transparent. I'm human as well is I'll write all these goals, you know, like write my book, create a new program, book some speaking gigs, whatever it might be. Now, those are big, giant goals. <laughs> yes, exactly. But we need to break them down into specific projects. And I, you know, I'm the first to admit that I need to stay very dedicated to stay on track with this. And so accountability partners are also helpful in this process. And if you have someone that is starting something alongside you that is a friend, a colleague, or your partner, who knows, it might be good to set up specific accountability meet- meetings to review those those goals, chunk it down into projects, and make sure you're making progress with the action items. I could not agree more uh, when we do the uh, two-month targets and tasks portion of folks' five-year plans. It is exactly that because if you, you know, I think it was Alexander Graham Bell said that the light of the sun only really becomes a tool when you focus it through a lens. Yes. Yeah. You have to focus all of that gloriousness into something you can move <laughs> and, and actually deal with. Um, finally, what is the legacy that you'd like to leave? Oh, beautiful. Thank you for asking. My legacy that I believe I am meant to leave is shifting the history of marketing, advertising, and copywriting forever by making the challenge, solution, and invitation framework, the standard by which all marketing messages are created. Mm. I am so in for that. Thank you. so in for that. That is absolutely gorgeous. That can only make the world a better place. Well, and you know, this is going to 
seriously, this is what excites me. I believe that we are all meant to make the world a better place. And this is my way in my small little corner of the market to help heal the broken threads of humanity by teaching something different that builds relationships that kind of helps build a more positive reputation for the marketing, advertising, and copywriting arena. Because let's face it, some of the techniques that have been taught over the years have not given marketing professionals the best reputation to be associated with, so to speak. (laughs) So true. So true. Yeah, exactly. Maybe while we're at it, we can save the reputations of used car salesmen and lawyers as well, and we can all get along. Well, that would be beautiful, but those (laughs) industries need their own champions. So I invite- They do need their own champions. I invite people who want to make that change to step up and lead in those arenas, and I'm going to stick to this one. (laughs) Absolutely. You know what? You could do the writing for them. And so that, that'll, that'll move things along faster. That would really help. So in some way, it will permeate all industries. It totally will. It totally will. I would love to see all of those industries be impacted by this message so that people can step into relationships and feel taken care of and safe. And, you know, when you make decisions from that place rather than from fear, it really changes the way that we walk through the world. It does. And really just anchoring in the truth that people are people and shouldn't be treated like numbers is really important. And I recently wrote a blog post about the collaboration economy where people are the true currency. And I believe that with all my heart as well. I mean, we have to bring people back into the mix. Do we need to look at our numbers? Yes. Do we need to track and measure? Yes. Should that be the driving force between or behind everything? Absolutely not. Thank you for saying that. I could not agree more. I could not agree more. It's all about we have to live here, you know. <laughs> I know. So why not play nice with one another? I know, right? <laughs> it's a big sandbox. It's okay. Everybody has enough toys. It's okay. We'll be okay. So Lisa, thank you so much for joining me on the Backstage Pass. It's been absolutely delightful as always. Thank you. My pleasure. Yeah. And remember, Superstarters, you can find more from Lisa on her show episode. So go back and look for that with some more links. And of course, you'll find all the resources here on the backstage pass of the Start Something show. We'll see you next week.